Your personal brand starts with your appearance, and what you wear says everything about you to others. You've heard a dress for the job you want? Well, we're talking to fashion experts on creating an authentic look to attract the life you want on the Style Interpreted Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Style Interpreted Podcast. Today I'm joined by the founder and CEO of Why Not Petite, Brittany Wittes. Brittany, I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me, Tony. No, it's been uh, just amazing getting to know you both personally, professionally. Um, but how we really met was your fashion show and you getting ready for it and me you know, being involved now in, in more so the fashion uh, scene. But I would love for you to tell me about, one, why not petites and how you got involved in the fashion and acting world. Yeah, so we can get started then with that first and then I can talk a little bit about why not petites. Sure, so sure. I got started in the modeling and acting world when I was about 10 years old. And it was because my sister had seen one of those commercials on TV where it was like, do you want to be on a TV show like Hannah Montana, Drake and Josh, that whole thing. And my mom let us call the phone number thinking it was a scam. So she was like, you know, don't give any personal information. Don't expect anything. But she had been in advertising for 20 years. So mm-hmm. she actually knew the company mm-hmm. and knew that it was legit. So she set up auditions for me and my sister. So I was too young to stay home alone. So she made me go. And then I ended up getting accepted. It was John Casablanca's, which is an acting school um, in the suburbs. So I ended up going there. And then every Saturday, they would bring in agents from agencies that we would audition for. I got signed pretty quickly. And then I've been working for Lily's Talent ever since. I've been with them for 14, 15 years. And it's been kind of the the gamut of everything, right? You've done a little bit of fashion and print and video commercials. Tell me what's been like the some of the more glamorous or fun things that you've done in your 15-year span. Yeah, I mean, I would say one of the very first shoots I ever did was actually a life-size poster of me for Kohl's. Oh, wow. Um, I was also not aware of that. They did not tell me that. So um, one morning my mom woke me up and was like, hey, get in the car. And it was like 7.30 a.m. on a Saturday. I was like, mom, I'm sleeping. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 11. And so I get in the car, she didn't say anything, but acting kind of odd. And so we drove to Kohl's. I'm pretty much in my PJ still. And she just points at the wall and I look over and it's just me. That's hilarious. And I was like, okay. And it was very weird to me, honestly, seeing myself on a poster like that. Even today, I still don't really like seeing that. Um, so I would say that one was super fun to do as far as it being like my second shoot ever and having such a great opportunity for that. And how old are you then? Um, I was 10 or 11, so it was oh, right wow. after I got started, yeah. So you made it right away. It was, yeah, it was very interesting. Um, my dad has that poster in his garage somewhere. Okay. Um, but recently, Super Bowl flew me to Kansas City to film at the Chiefs Stadium. Oh, okay, that makes so sense. So it was super fun. They put us up in a hotel for a couple of days, and it was just a great experience to be able to go to another city that I haven't been to and hang out with a new crew and get to experience all of that and meet a lot of execs at the NFL. So that was a really great experience. Wow. Um, and I would also say working for Hershey's has been a pleasure. I've been doing that for a couple of years now and they fly us to wherever their events are. So now we've been to Vegas a couple of times for them. They put us up in hotel as well. And then there's a team of us and we've all gotten really close. So it's like going on a trip with your friends and being able to like hang out, get dinner together, hang out at the pool. So it's 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 really fun doing modeling and acting and getting to do some of the things very locally and some of the things that you travel for. So I'm just very grateful. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and I love the gratitude part of it because you you are, and, and the way you talk about it is that it it it's not something that's common to people, right? You yeah. don't not everybody gets to experience this, or right. even those that want to pursue acting or modeling that they don't get opportunities like this. Yeah, uh, very often, like you, yeah, it's not, it's not a common thing, right? So right. How has that shaped the way that one that you view life? Just because you've been in this yeah. for as long as you probably can remember. Yes. You know, how do you see things differently when it comes to modeling, advertising? Um, yeah, just that whole other side of the world that most people have never get to see behind the veil. I mean, because it is all that I know, it's very odd to me trying to do anything else because it is just who I am. It's how I kind of define myself. I feel like I took a break from it a bit in high school leading into college because I wanted to figure out if this was something I really cared about or if it was just something I had fallen into as a kid and, you know, maybe wasn't my path. I figured out it was, but I just, yeah, I don't know anything else. I view the world in a very interesting way, I would say, just because my whole world is art, it's fashion, it's things that more normal people don't experience all the time, I would say. And so it's hard going to school, going to a shoot and then going to school. It was very odd for me mm-hmm. because going to, you know, quote unquote work, being treated like an adult, getting to experience all these amazing things, learning all these things about like taxes and, mm-hmm. you know, how to write your own checks at a young age and how to learn the stock market. I just learned very different skills that I wasn't being taught in school. So then I would get bored at school. I was the one who was always staring out the window, was not paying attention to history or any of those classes because it's like, what does this matter? You know, it's not real life. So I think that's kind of how I've been shaped is just school wasn't a priority to me and not in a bad way. Like I still did fine in classes, but I just always itched for getting out of class and going to set or being able to hang out with like my modeling or acting friends because I felt like they understood a side of me that my school friends did not understand. For sure. No, <clears throat> different different world for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. completely. So it and one of the things you had mentioned that I noticed right away, but just the I, I hate to use the word like maturity because yeah. not everybody matures in the same way. Right, but, definitely. but the sense of, you know, professionalism and the way you conduct yourself is it it would you can call it mature, right? Like yeah. In that, but still young. How, and in, in, I guess I'm hearing that as that boredom, would it be with school, that yeah. you've kind of taken that into now applying it and in, in starting these communities. And yeah. So tell me about a little bit about Why Not Batiste yeah. and just how that evolved from that standpoint of maybe you were seeking something more and, and wanted yeah. to create something of your own. Yeah, I mean, I would say I was very lucky growing up that I, I worked a lot. My entire childhood, I was at Kohl's at least once or twice every single week. So oh, no way. I worked a lot as a kid. I was very fortunate and I didn't realize it, obviously, at that point, because I didn't know the word no in this industry. Um, I just had a look that was starting to sell at that point because that was when they were switching to wanting more ethnically ambiguous people and everything. Um, so I was just very lucky to have that. And because I was always told yes once they realized I wasn't going to grow anymore and I started to hear those no's, I had no idea how to deal with it. I did mm. not know how to take it. I did not know how to feel like it wasn't something that I did that was wrong or, you know, because it happened during puberty. And puberty is a very difficult time. And already just being in fashion, constantly having like makeup be put on you or like these standards and then being told no all of a sudden, it was like, oh, well, they don't like me anymore. Or, you know, something is wrong with me. Taking it personally. Yes, exactly. So then once I figured okay. out, it had to do with my height instead. 
that's when I was like, okay, how do I shift my thought process or my thinking or what can I do differently? And the answer was realistically nothing because I can't change my height. You know, at that point in time, I was like 16. I can't change how tall I'm going to be. I can't change their opinion of me at this moment because I'm 16. I don't know what else to do. So that's when I decided to take a break from modeling and acting and kind of figure out if there was something else that I wanted to do. But then getting back into it while I was in college, I just realized I just had to shift what I was doing because my whole life was print. So I was like, okay. So now I started doing more commercial work. I started doing a little bit more acting work and lifestyle because lifestyle, you don't have to be a certain height. Mm. So I just started doing a lot more work in that. But I missed print. I missed print so much because that was my whole childhood. And that's what I knew. And I knew I was, you know, in a sense, good at it because I'd done it for so long. That's what I knew how to do. And so then figuring out through the pandemic, I started to get a little bit more of print jobs because it was the pandemic that could only have so many people that were local they couldn't fly mm, people in anymore mm, right right so being given the opportunity again to kind of have those moments and have print again i was like okay how can i figure out how to be able to do this more because this is what feeds my soul i love acting i love doing commercials i love doing all of that but print was my first love because that was the first thing i did in this industry so that's kind of where the idea of wine appetites came about is just how can i personally for myself create these opportunities but how can I also help these other petite models that might feel the same way of like there's something wrong with me when you know I guess in the fashion standard there's quote unquote something wrong with you to them but realistically it's just your height you can't change it yeah you know if it's a runway and your walk is bad to them that's something you could fix or like your hair color whatever it is those are things you can change you can't change your height so I wanted to create a place where people felt secure and comfortable and safe in their height which is a weird thing to have to think about like why do you have to be secure in your height like but something that was very interesting when I talked to men about it too so the first person I talked to about is my friend who's a guy and he's like five six he's very short and so he was like yeah I constantly think about you know not being enough for a woman because I'm short or people look down on me because I'm not a tall man or like what do I provide because I can't reach things or like you know provide a certain thing so it was a very interesting conversation that's kind of where why not petites came about it's just it's not just females that feel this way in this industry it's men in everyday life can feel that way yeah for sure so I really just wanted to create a place where people could just feel safe in their height and in a fashion community because that's just not something that is very normalized in this industry no, and, and it's, I find it just kind of crazy, too, that, and you see it in everything, where yeah. this is just the way it is, or this right. is how it's always been, and yeah. yet in, in a world where everyone is seeking that identity or finding yeah. themselves, that there's so many opportunities in, right. to represent you yeah. know, a lot of different groups of people. Um, so yeah, to how, and it was interesting to hear how when you started this, it was really just an Instagram account, yes. right? Yes, yes. So, how did it evolve? Like, how, what, what was the feedback that you were getting that put you on a path towards starting more so of this community? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly meeting people in person. Like, all of a sudden, people were like, oh, you're Brittany of Why Not Petites, right? And, like, <laughs> getting this recognition, it was really amazing to see that people actually cared about this thing that I started, not knowing if anyone would, would even follow us on Instagram. Yeah. And then people just started to ask, you know, because they're local, of, are you just going to have anything in person? Are you going to have a networking event? Are you going to have classes? Are you going to have a space you know, physically that we can all meet instead of just virtually. And I was like, I guess we can talk about that. That wasn't necessarily something that I had envisioned originally. I wanted it to be a place that we could connect models all over the world, but we can obviously still do that while starting to figure out physical spaces in Chicago or other cities as well. So that's kind of where it came about is people were just starting to ask for something physical because they lived here and wanted to 
know how to find agencies or be able to ask questions that they didn't always want to just ask online. And did you find that the people that were interested in it were, were those that already had, like yourself, maybe some experience in modeling and then as kids and, and you know, you grew up and the height's not there? Or was it, you know, people just never felt like they could because they didn't have the height? Yeah, I would definitely say that is more of what we've found is oh, really? just that people have n- never felt that they could start modeling because of their height or, you know, had been told no so many times so they kind of gave up on it. I... To this day, I haven't really met many people that grew up in this industry or they started when they were maybe like 17 or 16. So they were a little older. Um, So as far as like child thing, I only have a couple friends, but there were people that I grew up with in this industry. And that's also just because of the area too, right? Chicago is not a typical place for it, like LA or New York. Exactly. I would say it's not a typical place or there's a lot of people that started here and then moved when they went to college to continue their career and continue to grow. So I think that's just why we haven't found a lot of that here, but I think it's also just because it's a community. So it's a lot of people that want to get started. It's a lot of people that are just interested in modeling. Like, how do I get started? How do I find an agency? Or if I want to do freelance, how do I find jobs? How do I connect with people? So it's just been more of a place for new models. And I've kind of loved seeing that because part of me forgot too, in a way of getting started. So it's been really nice to kind of dig to that side of my past and having models on the team that are a little newer or, you know, just having that experience from other models that are in the community too. hearing all their stories has been honestly really amazing to me because it feeds my soul a little too to see that the hope has been brought back to them. Yeah, for sure. And and as you've learned these things and developed uh, the community, what advice would you give now to people who Maybe not even in Chicago, right? Yeah. They don't have access to this particular community, but to say they want to get started and, you know, what are those steps that one should take and not feel discouraged by some of the norms that, that you see, like height or even weight or yeah. whatever? I mean, I would say the thing that discourages people the most is on all the agency websites. Well, I don't want to say all, but most agency websites have a height requirement. Mm. And so that's what stops people from applying like, oh, well, I'm not 5'8", so I'm just not going to try. But something that I was told a very long time ago that everyone knows now is if you don't ask, it's going to be a no anyways, you know, so you're not losing anything. It's just something that you could possibly gain. So that's really just the advice that I have is just try it. If they say no, like, what did you lose? You didn't lose anything other than maybe a couple of minutes it took to fill out the form to apply to the agency, but you also learned something too. So what have you really lost? So that's just the advice I would say. Um, we do also have a resource on our website that has all the agencies that we're aware of in the U.S. that accepts petite models. Um, we constantly grow when we see like new model faces pop up that, you know, their height is shorter. Um, but I would always say apply. Like even if they don't have a short model on there, you could be the first one. Mm. So why wouldn't you? I was the shortest model at BMG for a very long time. So before I left that agency and before they put some other petite models on there. But it's a no unless you try. So Anything's you possible. Be the first one. Yeah, Anything's exactly. possible. And so you had your first uh, fashion show yes. just a couple weeks yeah. ago, right? Tell me about that and what sparked it and what's the biggest takeaway from your first event like that? Yeah, I mean, I would say being one of the shortest models doing a lot of runway in the Midwest, I just kind of wanted to create a place that models that were short would finally have an opportunity. So more than half of our models, this was their first runway that they've ever done. Oh, no way. So it was super exciting. It was great. I truly couldn't have asked for a better group of models for our first show. They were all so supportive of each other, practicing in the hallway on show day. was It was adorable to see how well they all got along too. And they all stayed after the show to spend time together. Um, so I think it was just 
this show is very unique because it was created by a model for models instead of, I feel like most fashion shows are created by someone who isn't a model for the guests. And I wanted to create something that was particularly for the models because it's wine appetites. Sure. And I wanted them to feel safe and secure and welcomed. And so that's why they'll stay after, you know, it was a place where they could all feel community. And, and you could sense that too, just being there. Everyone, yeah. not only the models themselves, but everyone that was part of it felt, you know, um, really connected to it. Yeah. And and also the uniqueness of it that I, I didn't know this, but how it's always about the, well, typically about the designers, right? Yeah. And that wasn't the case for this particular yeah. show. Yeah. So that was something else that I wanted to create that was unique is I wanted the show to be about stylists <laughs> because petites are people that are always overlooked. So I kind of wanted to give stylists the chance that I feel are overlooked as well because they usually work for a designer and just helping backstage, they don't get recognition. So I wanted to give them a chance to be like, hey, this is what I can do, notice me. Because that's how I've felt a lot of the time is like, I'm really good at what I do. I might not vocalize it all the time because I don't want to come off as cocky or anything like that, but I have been in this industry a long time. I do know what I'm doing and I want someone to be able to recognize that. So I just wanted to give people the chance to feel that way and feel seen. And I hope that's, you know, what we did. But I think it was just because I created a place coming from a place of security, safety, and wanting everyone to really have a good experience. And so, you know, even from having a little cocktail hour before the show as well, like that was something people kept commenting on is people show up for the show and then they leave after the show. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of mingling usually before or after unless it's people that you know, but we wanted to do, you know, mingling before for people to get to know each other, be able to connect, have that experience. And I think we did that. And I think that's what set us apart as well. No, you definitely did that. Like I said, everyone was commenting just how fun it was. And I think that's the, what can you ask for, for any event, right? If yeah. It was the opposite of fun. It's usually boring. Right, so exactly. If you, if you can do that, then that's a success. Yeah. Now, as far as your career, it, it seems like this is really your passion still. And this yes. is like a dream for you is yeah. to, to have it you know, continue. Um, yes. What's the, the biggest challenge that you see and that you're having to overcome, you know, to, to really get to those goals and dreams that you have for yourself? As far as personal or wine appetites? Uh, I think more personal, more personal. personal? Yeah. I mean, wine appetites yeah. is, is a newer thing for you, but yes. you've been in this industry and, and I think what you bring from your experience really translates into something of, of yeah. a resource to why not petites as yeah. well, right? So yeah, just more so you personally, professionally, right? But personally, yeah. um, that, it, that you've experienced um, in terms of challenges that you're overcoming. Um, I would say a challenge is unfortunately living in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I love this city, I love that it's growing. I love that the fashion community is finally finding its footing here. It is also still unfortunately small. So there are only so many opportunities here. Um, I think it's also the fact that I am with an agency that is only located here. It's not multi-city. So I had never really felt the need to go to other cities because I was very secure and very happy here. But I do feel like I'm starting to get to a point where I, I don't want to say plateau, but I feel like I've done what I want to do here and I want to see what else I can do. I don't want to move and Mm -hmm. I don't want to leave my agency because I love them. I adore them. I've been with them my whole life. They've watched me grow up. Um, but I would love to add some other agencies to my roster and be able to see what that could do for me. So I think that's mostly what I'm missing. I don't have an agency in LA. I don't have an agency in New York. Um, I did have an agency in New York, but I left that one as well. Um, and I don't have an agency overseas. So I would say for the rest of this year, that's kind of my goal is to get 
those up and running, I am talking to an agency in LA, but nice. yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But you'll, you'll keep us posted. I'll definitely keep posted. <laughs> so how does that shape you now where, you know, as you see the, the limitations of being in Chicago, but then, you know, so think about it. If you're a yeah. petite model in Chicago where you see that the opportunities are more limited because of those things, how is that now shaped the way that you're, uh, your, the trajectory for, for example, for why not petites or the things that you want to include in the community or offer as a resource to others? Yeah, I mean, I would say something I heard the other day was Chicago is a petite industry, which is true because it is mostly like commercial here. It's very lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's very e-commerce. And all those things are things that you can do as a petite model. So I don't think that there's a lack of opportunity. I think it's just where I am in my career that I've done the things that I would like to have done here. But as far as a resource, it's just knowing your audience in the sense as a model and being able to give that to models of people just sign with any agency that will take them, especially as petite models, because they feel no one else is going to want me. So I have to sign this. And instead of feeling that way, I keep telling people, look at it like a job interview. It has to work both ways, you know, so they're going to ask you questions, but you have to ask them questions. Ask them, where do you think my career can go as you as my agency? If they don't know what their answer is or they kind of talk around the question, probably shouldn't sign with them because, you know, they ask you questions because they want to make sure it's a good fit. You have to ask them questions to make sure it's a good fit as well. And if they don't know what kind of clients they can, you know, at least send you to, obviously they can't guarantee that you're going to book a job because that's not how it works. But if they can't say, like, these are the types of clients that we have that we think you would be a good fit for that we're going to send you on auditions for when you fit the specs – or say like, hey, I can see you doing this or that or the other, and we're going to work towards those goals, I would never sign with them because mm-hmm. it's clear that they just want to add you to their roster and kind of make a numbers goal instead of really thinking about you as an individual person and caring about your career and your goals, but also be upfront with your goals. Because if you're not upfront, they also don't know what you want for your career. And then you also might be signing with the wrong agency because they're not aware of what you actually want. So those are things I always suggest. And because when you sign with just any agency, a lot of times there's a reason they're signing you, if that makes sense. Like 100%. always check out the agency first. Check out their Instagram. If there are people that are only ever posting like, oh, welcome so-and-so or their test photos they're probably not really booking anyone. Mm. If they're booking people, they're going to be posting, check so-and-so out on set, or they ran into so-and-so that we know on set, or look, this print ad so-and-so did. If they're not posting those things, it's probably for a reason. And then message their models. Don't message like, you know, I look the way I look. I'm not going to message a blonde girl with blue eyes because mm. that's not my demographic. Message someone who's around the same height as you, around the same weight, around the same look, because if they say that they get auditions all the time, you're going to be competing with them. So you will have very similar auditions. So you'll know how much you'll be, you know, not necessarily working, but how much you'll be auditioning. If I were to message a blonde hair, blue eyed girl, and she's like, yeah, I work all the time. I'd be like, great, this is awesome. And I get nothing. That's the issue. That's why you're like, I don't know why I'm not booking. You ask the wrong people. Or if you ask a guy and you're a girl, you shouldn't be asking them that. So, you know, all, it's okay to message the blonde hair, blue eyed girl, but just ask her experience with the agency. Don't ask how much she works. Ask the people who look similar to you how much they work. And that then that's a, a better gauge for you. Makes a lot, a lot of sense. Yeah. So what's next for you? What can we expect, you know, in the upcoming months, year before we hear from you again on the next podcast? Yes. What, what are you looking forward to and the things that we can support you in? 
Oh, that's a good question. Well, I am in a couple fashion shows coming up, which is exciting. I'm in one on the 26th of May. Okay. Um, and then another one on June 3rd. And then I believe the next one that I'm aware of is in October. And then I think there's one in August as well. But I mean, obviously there's castings all the time. So I'm sure there'll be more in between then. But as far as for Wine Appetite, um, we actually have a team meeting later today to discuss some ideas that we have as far as upcoming events. But we do want to do another fashion show before the end of the year. Oh, nice. Um, and then we are working actually more of an intimate idea. Um, I don't really want to say anything about it yet, but we do have some very exciting things that we're talking about for the rest of the year. So hopefully we can can get that up soon. I'm sure whatever it is, it'll be great. Thanks, um, Tony. The show is great and the community you're building is, is great. So Thank on you. that, how can people find you, support you, like you, follow yeah. you, uh, social media, websites, otherwise? Well, for me personally, you can check out my website, just BrittanyWittis.com, or you can follow my Instagram, which is also just BrittanyWittis, or email me at BrittanyWittis at gmail.com um, if you guys have any questions. Otherwise, for Wine Appetites, it's WineAppetites.com at Wine Appetites for all social media. And then same thing for email. It's just info at Wine Appetites if you guys have any questions for that. And the, I must say that you are uh, just not only extremely helpful, but very resourceful. So Thank if you. you're out there listening and, and you do have questions or want to get connected, please uh, reach out to Brittany. Yes, please. We will always respond. If you guys have questions, just let us know. We'll figure out a way to help. Awesome. Well, on that, thank you for coming in, Brittany, sharing your story and just being a part of this community. Thank you for having me, Tony.